Welcome to Consenting Adults, everyone. I'm your host, Lena Wynn. Uh, I have to thank everyone because we just launched last week while the DNC was going on and all this other news was going on, and yet you guys really tuned in, which tells me that people enjoy having something not political to listen to, right? Something not controversial, well, maybe a little controversial for some, but something not so polarizing to listen to and talk about. Uh, so thank you for that. In fact, find us on Twitter, at Consent Adults. Join the conversation. Let me know what you liked about each episode or what you didn't like. Or tell me what you want to hear about, and I will go search it out. Okay, let's get to today's episode. I have to admit that when I heard Swingers, I had this image in my mind that was not flattering. You know, creepy, sleazy, dirty, corny maybe. And if you're listening to this and you're in the lifestyle, you know that's not true. But think too, before you got into the lifestyle, I think the majority of people have this perception in their heads of who swingers are, and it ain't pretty. But today's guest may change that. The picture you see on this episode, that's really them. They're super open about their lifestyle. They tell us how they got into it, how they're enjoying it, and why they think most people in the lifestyle are still in the closet. People can't comprehend why would you let your wife have sex with another man. And because of that misunderstanding of why we do it, they judge us. This is Consenting Adults. The conversations you're about to hear are intended for mature audiences. If adult themes are offensive to you, well, you might want to pull out now. So dirty talk, so yeah. sex talk. Yeah, it, it started off as dirty talk. I was actually like very excited to see my partner with somebody else. She looked at me and said, so you want to have sex with other people, that's what you're saying. (laughs) And you find it a turn on to hear about what he did. Yeah. And then it's like, I want to come home and get it the way she got it. Does he know you have a boyfriend? Oh, yes. This is Consenting Adults with Lena Wynn. My guests today are a married couple somewhere in middle America somewhere exotic, like Tennessee. Uh, Andy is 43, married to a younger man, Dave, who's 36. They've been married nine years, been in the lifestyle five years. And in fact, they loved it so much, they've created a lifestyle dating site called DoubleDateNation.com. Now, you guys, when I look at your picture, you look like normal people. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah, yeah, we're just your average everyday couple. You are beautiful. And I think that people who aren't familiar with the lifestyle kind of have this thing in their head about, you know, creepy people, right, who are swingers. Um, And so I am here to just tell our listeners that you guys are far from creepy. Uh, Thank you. you. So let's talk about how this all came about. I mean, you guys used to, you guys still do run a digital marketing uh, agency, yes? Uh, yes, we do. We've actually had a digital marketing agency for almost nine years now. We kind of opened it up right around the time we got married. Uh, and then now you're running this uh, new lifestyle dating website, which you launched last year. Why did you decide to start that? I mean, there are a ton of websites out there for the lifestyle, right? Right, there are. So Dave being more technical and having that uh, gift and me being more creative, I actually manned a lot of the profile sites that um, we were on prior to creating Double Date Nation. And I just came up to him one day and said, you know, let's, there's not a lot, uh, there's not a lot of options as far as anything modern. So let's, let's just, hey, why don't we do this? And Mm -hmm. it it just kind of grew from there. It was kind of bizarre. It took us about a year to develop. So it was a 
it's been our pet project for sure. And another thing that kind of goes along with what you're saying, as far as the creepiness style of the lifestyle um, on, we wanted to create a site that had something called a double date on it. We just wanted people to be able to go out, have a dinner or drinks with other swingers or people in the lifestyle and just talk and hear their experience without any um, expectation of sex or any activities afterwards. Right. And you know, in my research, and I swear it's just research, of all of these websites, it's very sex heavy. Like when I look at it, it's like, oh, all these people want to do is just like go screw everybody. So it looks like yours is more like a dating website, like, you know, like your regular dating website, except it's for lifestyle people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think the biggest thing is the common misconception um, of the lifestyle is that it it is 100% sex and it's not. A lot of the people that we've met in the lifestyle, we're genuinely just friends with. We haven't had any acts with them or anything, but they're such amazing people. And you can be the type of person you really are around them without being judged or misunderstood. Before you guys got together, were either of you ever active in any kind of lifestyle-ish stuff? We were not. Actually, not it, it, wouldn't, it, it had never even crossed our mind um, in the past. So uh, it was just something we kind of just came up with together, uh, kind of started talking about fantasies and, and opening up a little bit more. And that was kind of an evolution in itself. And uh, there you go. We just started being a little more honest with each other. So can you go back to that time frame? Like, how does this stuff come up? I hear a lot of people say it's, you know, started as sex talk, you know, kind of just fantasies while we were having sex. And then it became a, hey, what would it look like if we actually did this? Actually, that's exactly how it happened with us. Uh, We went on vacation um, a while back. And while we were on vacation, we started having a, a conversation about sexual fantasies. And me being a guy, you know, I'm concerned that what my sexual fantasies are, are going to deter her. I mean, she's my wife. I'm scared to say these things. And I started discussing with her and she wasn't opposed and my mind was blown (laughs) that we have gone this far in our marriage and haven't been able to have these kind of conversations. And then we just really took off from there. And too, there was a, a, while we were on vacation, we got a little tipsy and got a little kinky. And so we turned on some porn and it happened to be a scenario where the couples were swapping out. And so it was kind of like, Hey, would you ever do that? Would you know? And kind of just feeling, are we in a safe place here, or am I going to totally offend him if I say right. that? So it was, it was actually, it was very mutual um, interest. We just didn't know what the other was thinking until that point. So from that conversation on that vacation, how long did it take you before you actually, you know, started to dabble? Well, that's funny. So we, when we came home <laughs> from, <laughs> from our vacation, uh, one day after we were working, I had kind of looked around at different sites online and I set us a few profiles on a couple of sites. And so I kind of approached him and said, don't be mad, but I kind of did something and, you know, you weren't around me when I did it, but we're, we're on a couple of dating sites. And I was sites. far from mad. No. I was amazed. I was like, are he you serious? He just started laughing. And so from there, that was our, kind of our journey. And, you know, we went on a few dinners and cocktails and met a lot of people. And Can you guys tell me about um, the first time, first experience in the lifestyle? It was a total disaster. Oh, no. <laughs> it was, well, not in, a, not in a, any 
it wasn't damaging, it but was it was ama- funny. It was, it was amazing experience, but we just walked away with it laughing at each other. Like, what were we doing? What, did, what just happened? We just flubbed up. We didn't know that. There, there's no playbook. You just kind of yeah. make it up as you go. And we, we tried and I thought it was a decent experience. It was very sexy. Very it was memorable. very fun. And to this day, we are, those are dear friends of ours who we've had much more, um, I don't know, what would you say? <laughs> uh, personal and real life interactions with. Yeah, but we've had more successful play sessions necessarily. Our very first one, they were just very understanding that we had, we were very clear, you know, we've never done this before. So they were uh, very, very gentle. Yeah, they, guess, they were. The one thing I did like that they did was we were having drinks with them and they stepped away and they said, we're just going to give you guys a, a few minutes to talk, mm. which was amazing because, mm-hmm. you know, you want to have those like personal conversations with each other before you commit to something. Right. And uh, we got to talk and we were like, yeah, let's do this. And then we ended up going back to their hotel room. I guess maybe the fantasy was better in your head than than the way it played out the first time. Well, it not necessarily. So we went into our first play session with a laundry list of rules and boundaries like that, what? Like what? So we were not going to full full swap with with them. Um, so it would only be like sexual play, kissing, oral sex, that kind of thing with the other partners. But then we would come back to each other for to actually have sex. Um, also, we had we had this bizarre rule that neither one of us could orgasm with the other person, whether it be oral or otherwise. Okay. Maybe you guys aren't so normal. Maybe you're not so normal after all. (laughs) Well, it's so that the thing is, is that went down the drain after that experience because there there were too many boundaries. We just put too many um, restrictions on it and it's just not realistic. So that got flushed away very fast. So trying to accommodate those boundaries in that play session became a disaster. I (laughs) see. Okay. Um, So during, you know, whether it's that session or, or the, you know, the earlier ones, did you ever feel jealous, either of you? We have had that. A, yeah, a I, I, I know specifically me. Uh, so I got, came into this being like, oh, I'm not a jealous guy whatsoever. And there was a particular experience that we had that uh, I was envious of. Like I, I saw her doing what she was doing with another man and I almost felt like I was being replaced. Mm. And then I held that in. That was my mistake. And I, I didn't talk to her about it. And then eventually we did talk about it about a month later and it was completely cleared up. And I wish that I had brought it up the next morning. Mm-hmm. So that it kind of opened our way of communicating with each other. And Andy, how about you? So I, I have had that um, a, a different scenario, uh, but I, I we met with a couple that were very, very attractive and she was very energetic and she was very into Dave. And I kind of felt like, hmm, like I'm being kind of overpowered or it was just an internal, it's just a female thing. It really was women always size each other up. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I found though, with that feeling I had, I wouldn't really say jealousy, but it was just something that was kind of provoked within me is that I actually liked that. Mm. I liked the feeling of, being that envious because, or I hate the word jealous, but feeling that I have to kind of reclaim Dave. Mm -hmm. So we went back home and I mean, I think for four or five days straight, it was just kind of like a sex marathon between (laughs) Dave and myself, because I realized that that feeling I had actually was what turned me on the most. So I actually liked watching him. 
Can I just say I love it when you claim me? <laughs> Continue to do that every time. That'd be great. Anytime. <laughs> you know, I had a conversation with another couple, and I was trying to explain the very thing that you're talking about. I asked them, is there a difference between being turned on by watching your partner with someone else and feeling like a little twinge of jealousy and actually feeling joy that they're enjoying themselves. Because one is a very sexual um, thing, you know, lots of sexual energy, while the other one is like more caring and emotional. Um, are Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I was going to say, I do exactly. Um, whenever we have an experience, like we, we always play in the same room, we'll never be separate. But I love watching her. Uh, and I think the biggest thing is I, I think my wife is the most beautiful person on the planet. And I like watching her in action. And it's views that I never get to see when I'm having sex with her. And I just think it's amazing to see her have a great time. And it, it turns me on all the hell. Mm -hmm. Andy, if we could go back to what you were talking about, because um, I, I don't think I've ever talked to anyone else who understood this. And that is for a person who is normally not jealous, to then be able to feel a little twinge of that is actually very energizing and kind of a turn on. Does it? somehow make you feel like, oh, he, I know this sounds awful. Does it somehow make you feel like, well, then he's worthy of your affection when you see that other people want him? I don't know if that makes sense. It's it a, does. It does. Yeah, it does. It's, there's, there's truly a psychology behind it, and you're, you're, you're really nailing it. So that little twinge kind of gets me going, like I said, and seeing him appreciating him with somebody else and having somebody else just crave him kind just of makes him me sexier, stand right? right? Makes him sexier it, to you. Right. I don't want to be, I don't want to take him for granted because look how hot he is. I don't need to just be like, oh, you know, it's like, I want to, I want to one up that. <laughs> right. Most people tell me, no, jealousy is not a turn on. It's an awful emotion. It's an awful feeling. I don't like it. I don't want to feel it, you know. Um, okay. So, as you progressed in the lifestyle, these rules that you had obviously started crumbling, right? Like you had to just get rid of them. Mm -hmm. Right. Did you end up doing anything that you didn't think you'd be into? Are either of you bisexual? No, no. we are actually not, which is rare in the lifestyle. Most women that we have seen and met, um, that's how a lot of people get into the lifestyle is the, the wife is bisexual. And so they want to kind of just bring a third person in being a woman. Uh, so no, we are not. Okay. So then when you guys play, it's always with another couple and it's always straight sex. Right. Yes. There's some light play between um, myself and an, another female, but that is not the, that's not my main um, turn on or mm -hmm. draw to it. <laughs> Dave? <laughs> are you, Dave, Dave, are you the typical man who like would love to see your woman with another woman? No, actually, wow. I'm not. That's not really my thing. I prefer seeing a man and a woman. Yeah, uh, we're we're the we're the unusual. Yeah, I think we are because a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of men say they love the girl on girl, and that is just that. Just not Maybe I'm just selfish. I just want to be a part of it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so other than like full swap with another couple, what else do you guys enjoy in the lifestyle? D does it ever get more more than just another couple? 
Oh yeah. There's, I mean, there's been a few couples we've, we've had kind of a group play with friends that we know. Um, we, we never go into a club or to a resort or anything and meet people straight on and have a play session. That's never happened. Everybody that we've ever played with is somebody we've met with first gone back, kind of collected our thoughts and then gone to phase two and second date, what have you. Um, but resorts and things like that is something I'd say that we didn't think we would have ever done going to the um, lifestyle resorts or the nude resorts and walking around completely nude. That is not something I thought we would ever do, but uh, we actually love doing. Yeah, oh. I was going to say, I, I never thought I would walk around a beach butt naked and I love it. Like if huh. I could stay at the beach naked, I would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are, are you guys, how are you guys meeting people now? I mean, are you meeting them on your own website? We are. Yeah, we, we've, yeah, we've met a couple not, yeah. uh, off a couple of people off our website, and then we have had people that we met before that we still talk to occasionally. So, um, how open are you with your non-lifestyle friends and your family? Very open. Um, oh. we've had to be because of our the website we created, where our faces are out on social media, you know, promoting that website. So we had to be open and honest and just have that talk. Um, some friends kind of turn more taciturn and just, oh, yeah, sure, I accept you, but I'm never going to talk to you <laughs> anymore, mm-hmm. you know, which is fine. Um, but we found that most people have said, you know, I understand. I don't necessarily want to jump in and, you know, become, you know, a, a member of the lifestyle or, you know, have that kind of life for myself. But we get you. We respect you. And let's just not talk about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, and then there are a few that ask a lot of questions. Yes, they so. do. How big is the um, lifestyle community where you are in Tennessee? It's rather large. Rather actually. Large. There's a lot of people. Um, of course, discretion is huge. So it's, it's never people you would think of. But, you know, it's, uh, it's, there's quite a few in our area. Going back to, you know, how people who aren't familiar with the lifestyle have this creepy image of like 70s porn stash type people. Um, Can you talk about the kinds of people, the types of people who are in the lifestyle who you've come into contact with? See, I think it's kind of funny. When we first got in the lifestyle, I think we, we had that same kind of concept. We didn't know what type of people were in the lifestyle. And being in it, we've learned, I mean, you have people all the way from, you have lawyers, you have doctors. I mean, it's everybody is, is in the lifestyle. So it's, it's actually quite interesting to find that people join the lifestyle, especially when they're having great work, uh, great work times, because it's kind of like a reward for them. Mm-hmm. What would you say is completely necessary to successfully get into the lifestyle or stay in the lifestyle? My first one would be trust. You, you have to have full trust and know your partner because, I mean, jealousy is a big part of it. You want to make sure you're not going to get jealous. And I trust my wife. I love my wife. I know at the end of the day, she's going to come home to me. Well, and two, another aspect is this is not something for a couple that wants to repair something. If somebody's had an affair or they're trying to keep things together or one person agreeing to it only because they're afraid they're going to let the other spouse down or partner down, um, that's not going to work. That's a recipe for disaster. So you have to have a solid foundation, a strong relationship, wide open communication. Um, it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. How often do you do lifestyle activities? It is actually pretty rare. It, it's been quite a while for us, especially with uh, the pandemic COVID. going on. <laughs> yeah. So that really puts a we, we really things. haven't been out since February because of COVID. We took a, we were taking extreme precautions with regards to that. 
-hmm. But otherwise, I would say in a normal year, um, probably we would play four to six times a year. So it's not as often as some people um, are just working so much in the lifestyle uh, at events and so forth. And so we can't really combine the play, work and play. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Has it changed your marriage? Well, I can take that side. Uh, So going into our marriage, you know, I was scared to talk about certain things just in fear of, you know, saying the wrong thing to my wife. And now we have a relationship to the sense where I can say literally anything. Now I can say wrong things and get shamed for it, of course, but she's my wife. And I love being able to talk to you about every dirty little thought inside my mind. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Andy? How's it changed your marriage? We're just wide open. It's a wide open book. And like, like he said, the, uh, the shame factor of, you know, I've thought about this, but I don't want to say anything for fear that he's going to look at me differently or judge me. And we don't have that. I'll throw things out. What about this? And, and he may not necessarily be into it, but I I don't feel any kind of pressure that I'm going to get the wrong answer. Well, I'll likely try it because I want you to have a great time. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Now, are there any activities that Dave is into, Andy, that you're not into that he can do in the lifestyle and vice versa? Um, Not not so much. Not really, no. I don't think there's anything. Again, I I am another uh, kind of the rare one that I could actually sit off to the side and not have part in any play and watch Dave play with another woman. That's very rare that we've done that. Mm Mm-hmm. But that's something I could do. So if I if I truly understand that what he's doing turns him on, it in turn turns me on. No matter if it's something physically that I would do that would not turn me on, I know that he's getting off on that. So mm-hmm. that's what gets me going. Mm-hmm. And Dave, I'm I'm Dave. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say there's nothing that Andy wants to do that you wouldn't do. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> I I will try anything at least once. So if you want to try it, I'll try it with you. What is the difference then between the lifestyle that you're living and then being polyamorous? Have you guys talked about that? Uh, We have have not. Um, I think the emotional factor is not what we're drawn to at all. So um, it's just sex for you guys. Right. It is. It's just what we take from an experience and, and take back to our bedroom. What that's what we get from it. Um, now we have extremely close friends that I could say we both dearly love. Um, and even then it, it wouldn't, that doesn't lapse into that kind of feeling. And now that you've been in the lifestyle, um, because you're not what I would say the regular swinging couple who do it a lot more than four to six times a year, um, do you see yourself doing this for the rest of your lives or would you be okay going back to being monogamous? I think we could both. I mean, I speak for you, Dave, but I think we could both, if this for some reason didn't work out or one of us became uncomfortable with it, this is not going to feel like there's an empty part of our life if we're not swinging or swapping with other people. Um, this is just an addition to what we already had that was good. This is, I, I do think this is something we will continue doing for a very long time. Yeah, I do too. Um, but, but if it ever came a time where either one of us said, hey, I don't want to do this anymore, I mean, it wouldn't be a problem for us to back out. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have kids? We do not. If you did have kids, do you think you'd be as open with them? I I do. I think now young children, no, um, obviously. And that's the case with most people our age that are in the lifestyles. They do have school age children. 
clearly that's not something you're going to have a conversation with them about. Now, I do have a grown child. Um, Dave and I do not have child, children together. Um, and I have talked to uh, her about that. She's in her 20s. So if she's, you know, and she understands and she's not, you know, interested in, you know, that being her choice for her life. Um, but yeah, I think that potentially if you want to, to talk to them about that, that would be fine. But on the other hand, I totally see where people want to be discreet for religious reasons, community reasons, and uh, and just don't want their kids to know. I mean, most people don't talk about what they do in the bedroom with their kids. Right. <laughs> uh, speaking of religious reasons, are, are you guys religious? We have kind of the Buddhist mindset, so oh. not really. Yeah, not, not so much as far as attending church, no. Do you feel that there is a place for the lifestyle for people who are religious? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. We've we've met many people. Yeah, there's are, a lot of people in the lifestyle that'll state they are religious I and mean, they we have nothing against them. They have nothing against us. I mean, it's, again, an environment where everybody's accepted. Why do you think so many people are still like in the shadows about this, though? That's a great question. Um, as far as not knowing about the lifestyle? Is that no, what no. Mean? I mean, as as far as just not being open about it to their non-lifestyle friends and family. I mean, you know, their coworkers don't know. It's going to be based on judgment. I mean, a lot of people don't want to be judged by people because I don't, it's hard to understand the lifestyle. People can't comprehend why would you let your wife have sex with another man? And because of that misunderstanding of why we do it, they judge us. And that would be the biggest fear to have. Mm-hmm. And also people have high profile jobs, you know, in the community, teachers, uh, what have you. And they, it's just not an option. And that kind of, um, information got out that, and I know of people that that has happened too, that they've lost their jobs because they were outed, uh, which is quite a shame because this is a, a sexual preference and it's consensual and there's, everybody's in agreement through the whole process. So I don't know why that would be any different than any other sexual preference. That's a very good point. What about the, um, the age group of, of, of people in the lifestyle? Are they, do they kind of, are they older you would be surprised, actually. We we see people anywhere from the early 20s all the way up to the early 80s. So there, wow. the age, age is not a discriminating factor in the lifestyle. That's amazing. In their 80s? Oh, yeah. How about performance issues, Dave? Oh, th- those are real. It, it's a conversation that a lot of men in the lifestyle don't like to talk about. I've had instances where I've had issues performing. And it's not a degrading thing because at the time I was just in my head. I was somewhere else. I wasn't in the moment. Mm -hmm. And I think if men are able to talk about those issues, then it becomes less of a problem because they're open about it. How do you suggest they handle it when they're actually in a play session and suddenly they can't perform? How do you handle it then? Well, the time that I had it happen to me first, um, I was panicked. And it's one of those things when you it starts not working, you panic some more. It's never going to work. Right. Um, what I learned after that experience is just talking about it, like just looking over at Andy and saying, hey, I'm kind of having some issues here. And then if, if that issue does arise, she comes back to me and I we get everything going on ourselves. So she yeah. just needs to help me get out of my head and that I'm good. Well, it also it, it can affect the female play partner you're with because women tend to internalize things and say, oh my gosh, I'm doing something wrong. He doesn't think I'm sexy. So there's that factor too, where I t- you typically yeah. communicate and say, it's in it's in my head. I'm kind of in my head. So you explain that to them as well. Yeah. Do women ever have any issues? 
of course, women can hide it and where men cannot. Um, I think there are some issues where women will necessarily not not really be into the, the mojo of what's going on and can fall into the category of taking one for the team just because everything else is kind of up and going. She's not really feeling it, but she'll kind of go with it anyway. That's not a good idea. If you're not into something, you need to just back off and say, you know, either we need to X this, this isn't going to work, you know, abort mission, we're done. Or I'm good with sitting back and just kind of letting other things take place, just depending on your personality. But absolutely, sometimes I've gotten into a play session and something just went sideways. It just wasn't working. It could be down to how the person kisses me and it's just a total turnoff or where I didn't think it would be initially. Um, so yes, that can definitely happen. Let's talk about some turn-ons and turn-offs. Is there anything in particular that really turns you on or really turns you off? Of course, bad breath is terrible. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, cockiness with men sometimes, and I, I mean, I haven't had this happen with women, but some men tend to put their, um, they want to convince you that they're worthy or that they're, this is why you should be impressed by me. So they drop how wealthy they are, or what they've accomplished, where I'm looking for more of the sapiosexual, you know, if you can make me laugh, you can make my panties drop, you know, like quick witted, let's have a good time. I don't need to know about your financial statements or your, you know, how good your business is doing as far as turn offs go, turn ons go. Somebody that is gentle and complimentary and smells nice and takes their time, just kind of a slow process. Uh, that's that's kind of my cues. Mm-hmm. Do I just need to give my top five turn-ons? <laughs> I don't think we have enough time to go through the entire sure. list. No, uh, I, I think my biggest turn-ons would be, oddly enough, I do like women with a little meat on their bones. <laughs> I, I like something to kind of grab onto. Uh, another huge turn on is seeing Andy doing anything with another man. I mean, you could do anything and I'm just like dying over here. So if I'm doing something like I'm performing oral sex, I'm going down on a man and I'm looking at you. Yeah. If if you're looking at me while Mm. giving oral sex, that's, Mm -hmm. uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, uh, turnoffs. I don't think I've really run into a turnoff. I mean, breath is one thing, but (laughs) I think that's about me. She makes sure I don't eat any like garlic or onions or anything before play nights, but for like two days prior. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't think I've come across anything. Any last words on the lifestyle, what it's done for you, what it can do for people? I'd say it is definitely not what the majority of people will assume it is. Like you said, it's not the 70s swinger, put your keys on a bowl, and it's just a sex fest. Um, for us, we've made closer friends in the lifestyle that's outnumbered our regular vanilla friends. It's something that I can't imagine not sharing with people. Like I love to tell people about it that are interested uh, just to give it a try. It's just, it takes you way out of your box to a place you didn't think you could be. And it makes a relationship stronger as strange as that sounds. And until you experience that, it's really hard to truly understand. I think the biggest thing about the lifestyle is everybody thinks the lifestyle is just sex it's actually relationships. We have people that are called social swingers that don't even have sex or do anything sexual with other people. They just love being in a sexual environment where they can be themselves. Uh, I I think that's the biggest thing. The lifestyle is not what was assumed back in the seventies where people just meet in a room and start having sex. It's, it's a lot bigger now. 
uh, and the relationships that you can build, you'll have for the rest of your life. And we love our friends and lifestyle because we can be 100% ourselves and so can they. So it really is a friends with benefits situation. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'm your host, Lena Wynn. Coming up on the next episode, a familiar face and voice in TV news talks candidly about her love life. I don't know if this would be considered really a fetish anymore because there's so, so normalized many... now? What is it? I like tying up. You like being tied up? Yeah. I like to be the subservient one. Elsa Ramon is the top story on the next episode of Consenting Adults. Consenting Adults.